I think there are a lot of things that happen. You're like instantly, oh, thank God that happened. Like, thank God that didn't work out. There are other things that happen and it might take a couple of years to realize, hey, there's a reason for why that happened. I think the more disappointment you face and the more losses you take and the way that you overcome them helps you handle the next one. Welcome to Inner Pump, where we help driven individuals get the most out of life and build the inner mastery to drive growth, confidence, discipline, and mental fortitude, where overcoming adversity means doing the things you know you should do. Real topics, real people, real business. I'm your host, Ajay. Let's get it. (laughs) This is Inner Pump. Let's get it. (laughs) Man, we got a special guest in the building today, Someone we both know. Someone we both know. Yeah, yeah. My former teammate. That's right. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. uh, Yeah, let me me, me get it. Let me get it. Hold on, hold on. A little intro. Hey, yeah, yeah. There we go. Spencer Conley, ex SMU football player, former, yeah, former, <laughs> former, 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 yeah, yeah. ex. He he played. He played. <laughs> he played. Seven figure entrepreneur. Oh yeah. Somebody that is involved in probably way too much. Definitely <laughs> can't say no to anything. <laughs> Needs to say no to a lot. Yeah. Uh, good friend, great guy. Uh, somebody that I think everybody's going to learn a lot from, relate a lot from. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. to have you on, man. Gonna We've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, I appreciate it. This is the whole headphone situation. This is going to take a second, a second to get used to, but um, <laughs> no, I'm happy to be here. Have a pleasure of knowing both of you, Ajay from football, obviously, Matt. Mm. We met a little bit later in life ago. through an entrepreneurial yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah. happenstance. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm excited to be on the podcast. Huge fan. And let's get into it. Amen. Amen. Well, before we start, man, huge shout out to our producer, B. Davey. From the sky. How you feeling, man? Feeling good. Hey, man, hey, man. I know he's got my suit. We're waiting for Commit to buy him a, a camera. That's all <laughs> we're waiting for. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> man, have you got, got anything to say to the audience? No. No, I had a couple uh, really good past episodes just ready to get into this one. Oh, yeah, man. So, guys, if you get anything of value, please what do we need them to do, Matt? Hey, share. Sub- subscribe. Subscribe. As well. Share, subscribe. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> and, Kylie, where can they find you, bro? Instagram, uh, Spencer Conley underscore. And then my businesses are Printer Pet and Rue. The username is Try Rue um, on all social platforms. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And Matt, I know I said let's get into his personal life first, but I mean, we got, uh, yeah, let's, let's extrapolate go. this Rue right yeah. now, man. Yeah. So I, I want to get into this because I, I know, I think one of the coolest things about you is just your, your ability to pivot, your ability to see something and, and just, go right after it. Where did, where does that come from? Um, I, I think that growing up, I was blessed with a dichotomy of having, um, one parent that's very driven and ambitious and another parent that's very, I don't want to say content, but very happy with what they have. So I think there's two types of people. Essentially. I think there are people that are always striving for more, always want to be better. And, thus are never truly satisfied with life. Like, I don't think I will ever be content with what I have. I know that whether it be physically, um, in relationships, even in uh, business, I'm never going to get to a point where it's enough, which is a, a blessing, blessing and a curse. And, a curse. <laughs> yeah. and then I have, and, and that's, that's my mom. That's who she was for me. And then my dad is, the the best that I could have asked for. And he's just so content with what he has. Um, he works for the public school district. He's worked his way up very high in the public school district because he loves what he does. He's very good at what he does, but he's content with, with the life that he has and he loves everything. And I'm somewhat envious of people that are like that sometimes. And yeah, they can turn off. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't have to be working <laughs> on a Sunday before they come <laughs> film a podcast, but you know, it's just, uh, two different types of people. Um, and I had the huge blessing of being able to have both of those people in my life. Growing up, I was definitely someone, I I was a mama's boy. I took after my mom (laughs) and my mom was always the breadwinner. She was a news broadcaster for 20 years, over 20 years. And she's just always ambitious, always wanting more, always striving for more. And I've seen my mom pivot. She, Actually, after she had exhausted all of her options at a lot of news broadcasting stations, she started her own business and she's been running for seven years now. It's Glowtrition. It's the actually before 
vital proteins or anything. It's the first ingestible collagen peptide drink. And she was the one that one of the first companies to really pioneer that market. Um, and just seeing the adversity that she's been through and seeing her deal with it has instilled in me that no matter how big the obstacle, there's a way to not only overcome it, but also a way to look back at that obstacle and find reasons for why it was the thing that needed to happen when it happened and finding the silver lining in that. So, um, you know, definitely my, my upbringing has helped a lot with, (laughs) with facing adversity and, and being able to, to find some solution in it, some silver lining. Did you have that perception back then, or did it take you time to then reflect and say, okay, well that, that is a great perception to have. I'm going to take that from my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it varies case to case. I think there are a lot of things that, and I think you guys can relate that happen. You're like instantly, Oh, thank God that happened. Like, thank God that didn't work out. There are other things that happen and it might take a couple of years to realize, Hey, there's a reason for why that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think the more you, more disappointment you face and the more losses you take, and the way that you overcome them helps you handle the next one. So Come now on. I'm 30 years into my life, which is insane. I feel so <laughs> old, but I'm not, I'm not, but I feel so old. Um, but now 30 years into my life, I can take a loss and I know how to mold that loss into something that is not only a positive learning experience. It also, uh, is fuel for me to go and either, prove the people wrong that Mm. think I was wrong um, or prove myself right. Whichever one it might be. Um, Wait, hold on. Let's let's stay there really fast. Let's stay there really fast. Cause I asked Matt this question a lot. What, Gives you more energy, that dark side or proving yourself dark right? Side. <laughs> Come on, I actually, I actually yes. recently, yes. Um, <laughs> it, and it's something that I know, especially in football, um, in sports of, or or any any anything hard physically, yeah. anything you, competitive, yeah, anything competitive where you're competing. Exactly, I think all my competitors out there have this we'll use what Ajay said, a dark side that they can tap into. And a lot of people that know me and they know me as like, I'm the coolest guy. I'm, I'm easygoing. I'm good. Uh, but I have my threshold. And when I hit that threshold, I'm, I flip a switch. I'm a different person. And in with age and experience, I know what I need to tell myself to be able to flip that switch. And I know when it needs to be flipped, which has been something that's actually been kind of cool to figure out. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. It's, you you got to know how to turn off too, though. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got to be partially psycho to be an entrepreneur. A, li- a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Right, Matt? Hey, you have to find it. Yeah. You got to find it. Yeah. Sometimes having an enemy is good. It is. I, I think uh, actually Tom Brady just had a speech. Um, he was at some conference and he was saying that that anger was what would fuel him. And if I'm, I have so much respect for the very few competitors out there, whether they be Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, all these guys that made something purely their sole focus. And there's entrepreneurs that have done it also. It's something I don't think I'll ever be completely capable of. I think it takes someone that has this, this, different mentality and edge. Um, and it's something that can also be detrimental in other verticals of life. But if you look at those people in the vertical that they have, a lot of those guys like Michael Jordan, there would be, he would tell a, tell a story at press conference or something about someone having said something about his family before the game. Six years ago, like six six, six years ago. And then they go and they talk to the guy he goes, I never said that. He like manufactures I, it. He he makes it up and makes yeah. it so believable in his head yeah. that he has that enemy and that thing to turn to to use as fuel. Tom Brady was saying the same thing. He said, he would like what what they say? How they look at me? Yeah. You know, all these things. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what what can I use to give myself that edge 
where I can tap into that bank. I think anger is seen as a very negative emotion, but in my mind, it's just a very powerful, raw emotion. And if you know how to channel it correctly, that's what it's makes it either like a positive chippiness. or negative. Yeah. yeah it, uh, did, do you think some of that chippiness for you came from being a walk on on a, on a division one college football team? Definitely. So I, um, I, I grew up in a smaller city, Salt Lake City, Utah. So I went to three A Catholic high school there, which we only go up to five A. We're not six A. We don't yeah. go all the way up there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm in a small three. How many people school. on the team? Oh God, we because uh, we had like we did, 110 oh. or something on our varsity team. We, we had yeah, we had a lot too. We yeah. had 50. Yeah. And see that small ball. Every JV guy dressed for varsity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so what do you pay, play every position? Yeah, uh, and so <laughs> growing up, um, I, I I was offense, defense, played special teams, whatever, and didn't start playing football until my freshman year of high school. Uh, my mom was married to one of her ex-husbands and he said, the only way I'm paying for you to go to this, this school is if you play football. And I was a lacrosse guy. Um, I actually wasn't huge in athletics. Like I, I played sports because my dad and another thing my dad did that was huge in my upbringing was making sure that we were always doing something. He said, every season you have to be doing something. I don't care if it's debate team, chess, football, baseball, track, Whatever it is, you're participating in something. So we were always, we we gravitated towards sports. I'm not going to be out there on yeah. the chess team. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm not built like that. So, yeah. so we were always playing sports, um, but had never played football. Played one year of Little League when I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. I was super young. Um, didn't like it very much. So go freshman year, play football. Ended up being pretty good at it. Dropped lacrosse sophomore year to just focus on football and by the end of my senior year, I'm getting some looks at colleges. Um, I, as Matt mentioned earlier, get very, very singularly focused on things yeah. and skipped my senior prom. We had a all-star game coming up, skipped it to go run sprints on the field that was below this, the auditorium where the prom was. I no, remember, psycho move. I remember my, my friends, my friends sitting there walking into prom and it's high school prom. They may have had a drink or two, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a big night for them, senior night. And I'm down there running sprints. And, um, so started really just getting focused on the process of trying to hone myself into a really good football player. And I think Ajay could agree practices suck. No one likes practice, but the two things that I loved were games. Games are obviously fun, ton of energy. It's where you get to perform. But number one for me, actually, even before games was the off season and was being able to go in, work, hone your craft, all that. So got some looks at some schools, uh, weren't any big schools. I, I had a walk on spot at the University of Utah, which I was excited Good about. Program. Um, yeah. And then some D1 AA schools, D2 schools, and there was no way I was playing anywhere but D1. And so it just so happened that my mom had worked at every news station in Salt Lake and was looking for a new job. And she had her agent looking um, in different states. And it just so happens that the job offer she got here in Dallas coincided with when I was graduating from high school. And so unbeknownst to me, my mom took my highlight film that I made on Huddle and <sighs> She walked it into um, the offices at SMU. I didn't even know where SMU was. I had never heard of the school, to be honest. Is <laughs> that like me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Yeah, yeah. because yeah, Ajay, you're from California. Right? Yes, yeah, bro. so I, I have no idea where SMU is. Um, and Coach Odom, our defensive backs coach, was up in the offices when my mom walked in. She handed him my tape and... Because my mom walked in my tape and she stayed on his ass, I got a spot in SMU, a school academically where it would have been tough. Needed football to get in. Yeah, needed football to get in. Okay. Um, Join the club. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and hey, wait, wait, what are you talking about? I didn't need football to get in. Yes, he, you did. I'm black. I'm black. I'm back. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's just one of many stories of my mom being a complete badass. And, what a G. Um, you know, she's my idol. Cool. So, anyways, yeah, got the walk on spot on the team. And, that's kind of where that, that chip started. There was yeah. definitely, um, and, and I mean, even for a while, it's funny how things change when you, you get older and you mature a little bit. Um, for, for a while, I post-college, anyone that asked me, I was like, no, I had a partial scholarship. You know, I, I got like an offer. They offered me that like, I got some money. I didn't get anything. I didn't get a dime. I was pretty much paying money to be able to have another full-time job. So, um, I think it, it's funny how your view on things kind of shifts instead of looking at that as I wasn't good enough to be able to get a scholarship. I look at it as I worked my ass off hard enough to be able to, I did something that I wasn't getting paid for at all. And I I don't know why I did. I did it to compete, I guess. Or, man, I fell in I, love with the process. Yeah, I like yeah. competing, man. <laughs> and I'll tell you this firsthand, bro. You you were better than some of those guys on scholarship. Oh, man, I appreciate it. <laughs> you know you. what I mean? So just to see you out there every day in practice going so hard for everybody, for the it. team, man. And just to, people don't understand out there, man. But people that are walk-ons, these guys have to prove themselves so much more. And it's like you see guys on scholarships. And, and I know this probably pisses you off when you see a guy on scholarship just taking free lunch. Right. Just not even working hard because you've seen it over and over again. How well, did you? That's that chip. Yeah. Like, how that's you, the watch. The watch me. Yeah. Well, how did you feel when you seen those guys? Because we all know who some of those guys that I'm talking about. Let me guess. Wide receivers, DVs. Uh-huh. I'll tell you how I feel now when I see how they're doing and I'm doing. But oh, no. Right. No, 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 you're on. No, you're on a sense. You're on to something, bro. You're no. on to something. I mean, it. Do I keep tally? I keep tally. There's a scoreboard. Yeah, there's a scoreboard. I'm a firm um, believer in that. Absolutely. No, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, I was beyond blessed to have the teammates I had. I love everyone I got to play with. I didn't have anyone on the team that wasn't wasn't a friend of mine. Um, and we came together as a family, and it was huge in the development of me as a person. But no, I'm keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always saying, how did you feel in that moment, man, where you see dudes that were on scholarship that weren't even giving it their all every day, that were being, showing up late? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, mad, mad. Um, I, I I think in, in, people take opportunity for granted everywhere. I mean, you walk down the street in the United States, living in this country is oof. a privilege enough. You know, I'm you sorry. see people just taking for granted what they have. And I mean, people living in 2023 where you can literally learn anything on the internet. I, my major was sports management. I have a, another major and then the university of YouTube and Google, <laughs> like yes, people sir. are sitting here bitching about not making money. They're complaining about not being where they want to be. And I know this is a sore spot for anyone that works their ass off to be where they are, including everyone in this room. Um, It's a bunch of weak ass excuses, Mm. you know, and it's such a privilege to be able to be living in the year we're living in the country we're living in. Um, And so I think you see a lot of people take opportunity for granted. That's just life. And it was frustrating to see guys getting their education not only paid for, they're also getting a stipend check every, every I had to go flip MacBooks on Craigslist to pay rent for a summer. Mm. That that was that was what I had to do. I had to go work as a waiter at um Banditos Tex Mex to pay for rent for another summer. I ended up quitting because I got assigned a table of guys that I knew at SMU. I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not serving another, I'm not doing that. You know, it was, it was a little bit of a pride thing, but um, yeah, I think a little bit angry, <laughs> you know, in a motivational way, you know? Yeah. Perspective. I mean, this is that mentality though of hard work doesn't, is life isn't fair. 
right? Mm-hmm. So this is something that we talk about all the time. If you didn't have that perspective of I worked way harder than these people and I still didn't get the opportunity, mm-hmm. it it translates to everything now because you you're not expecting hard work to equal results just because you put in the work. Yep. I'm not expecting results from it. Like I, I do things I've, I've tried to work on so many businesses. (laughs) Like it wasn't like this was my first business and it took, I've done, we can go through the list. There's at least 10, 12 things that I've tried that have felt at one point. So I, I know, I know Matt knows Ajay. I don't, ever go out. I, I go out, I don't know, twice. A, it, it, yeah. It's biannually. I don't know. I barely go out. And I remember right after college, I had friends that were going out all the time, had some friends getting tables, all this stuff. I was trying to work on a business drop shipping pet shedding gloves. And I spent $10,000 on Facebook ads of which I did not get a positive return. Wow. And while everyone's out there spending money on tables, my tables were Facebook ads that I was running and yeah, losing and learning, money on and, and learning. And learning. It, it was That's an education I was paying I think, for. I think he's being humble to everybody listening. This guy has runs two companies currently. So he's, I mean, I don't even know the number, maybe a dozen that you've, you've tried to start or founded or created <laughs> LLCs for. Uh, one of them has done seven figures in revenue, print our pet. Yeah, we have 80, to... 80 employees, over 80 employees now. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of them yeah. overseas. Just That's to... incredible. Yeah. And then a second one that I know you're really excited about that's got some sentimental value to you that's mm-hmm. that's called Roo mm-hmm. and it's a pet supplement brand. I want to go I want to go to the print our pet cuz you talk about yeah. we talked about pivoting. So how did how did it come up cuz I think it's an amazing story yeah. uh, for people that haven't heard it. <laughs> Please. So um this was pre-covid. This was a couple Guys, months. 80 employees. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's, it's, I know him personally, so he's humble. So I am not going to let him be humble. And before, before that, was this company before you did this one, was that when it hit or was that, it still? That, that one was making money. Yeah. So, okay, okay. um, I had started, actually, that was the first company I'd started prior to that. I did some, some social media service based companies and we actually, me and a partner of mine did a, um, a campaign for the Los Angeles Clippers and we made money doing that. And it was awesome. I was doing that while I also had my full-time job in, in real estate. Um, and the, the company I was currently running when printer pet was first, uh, was first started, I was running a pet accessories company with bandanas, scarves. I sourced fabric from Peru. I found some, (laughs) some small, I don't want to say it was a sweatshop. It looked like a sweatshop <laughs> and Richardson with some people working there. I had, I had these people. sew these scarves and bandanas, I had to come up with print lines and all this stuff. Anyways, um, that company was, was making money. Um, it was doing well, not nearly well enough for me to be able to have a, a salary on. So I was still, I was teaching fitness classes on the side and I was building this business. And one day on Instagram, I saw a company that was making, portraits of pets where it'd be like almost a Renaissance portrait that they put your pet's face on. And I looked at that and I was like, okay, like your pet on portrait, that's a cool idea, but I would never hang this up in my house. And I'd seen previously a different kind of art style on Adobe illustrator. I was like, Oh, that'd actually be kind of cool on a portrait. So I, I started digging into things. I for fun was watching way too much YouTube where I had come across some solutions to where I was like, okay, I know how I could make this work. So one weekend I, um, my fiance at the time was out of town. Um, (laughs) I locked myself in my house, put on my headphones, put on some music in a weekend, built out a website, took care of, putting in the process for um, we partner with some screen printing facilities around the U S. So when we got an order, we'd finish the artwork file. We'd send the artwork file to them. They had all the raw product on hand. They charge us an extra 20% or whatever above what their cost is to be able to make a portrait blanket, whatever. 
and they would send it to the customer. So I was like, okay, awesome. I don't have to handle inventory because that had been a pain in the ass with this last company. So I won't have to spend time shipping stuff out. I can outsource the artwork overseas to the Philippines. I have some VAs that were helping me with the previous business. I had one VA. I was like, okay. So VA virtual assistant. Yeah. Virtual assistant that, um, I, I was like, I'm confident being able to hire out some guys to be able to do the artwork. So I won't have to handle that. I was like, okay, this, this could be really hands off. So worst case scenario, I sink a weekend into it and maybe like a couple hours a week, whatever. So end up building out the website and a month later, less than a month later, the world shuts down because of COVID. And when the world shut down, people did one of two things. They either had a kid or they got a pet. And on top of that, they had those stipend, those checks coming in, you know, a little bit of discretionary income. So (laughs) it's one of those things. I think that luck, you manufacture your own luck with how many at bats you give yourself. I think a lot of it had to do with luck that I launched that at the time that I launched it. But if I hadn't taken the initiative to actually start it, then we wouldn't be talking about the luck. So it ended up taking off. It got to the point where I, I was like, okay, I need to focus hundred percent on this. Shut down the other business. I still have a couple thousand scarves and bandanas in a storage unit. I'm actually looking at using them for a promotion coming up soon with my other business. But, um, yeah. And now it's four years, um, year two, we hit our first seven figure year. Um, and, God. Yeah. If you would have told me five years ago in that weekend, that weekend. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. If if you would, I mean, I'm so blessed to be able to be where I am and have the opportunities that I have. Uh, and if you would have told me five years ago that, Hey, you're working full time on your businesses right now, you have the leniency in your schedule to be able to go do what you want to do when you want to do it. You're surrounded by a really, really solid group of people. Um, your family's healthy. You're healthy. If you were to tell me all this, I would be over the moon. So yeah. I'm, I'm just grateful and for where I am. For everybody, go on, go on, print our pet, go on the website because when we first met Spencer, he was telling us about the business, and then my aunt's dog unfortunately passed away, mm. and Shane got my aunt a picture of her dog through print our pet. And I'm telling you, it's like, it was one of the most, my aunt cried and oh, she was so grateful. So it's a, it's a, it's a, leg, it's a great gift. Uh, don't wait for somebody's dog to pass away, <laughs> but it's a great way to, or pet, you know, any pet dog, yeah. cat, it's, it's a really good gift. And um, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's well, it's just a real story. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, know I that. still, from time to time, I deal with some of the, uh, customer service and yeah. reviewing reviews that we have and everything. It's the impact that makes on some people. I'm, and y- y'all know that I'm a huge, 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 huge pet person. Yeah. Love. He's like a human dog. golden retriever. There we go. <laughs> Get on YouTube and look at him. He, he looks like a literal, literal golden retriever. Um, <laughs> and so, and so I don't know. He's I'm just because he knows it's true. It's true. <laughs> I, 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 I'm about to go like one of my goals by like a 500 acre, piece of land and just get a ton of dogs. Amen, <laughs> I mean, amen. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm, I'm just blessed to be doing what I'm doing. I know I appreciate that. I know. So, so I know print our pet is, is still a thing. I think yeah. it's, it's amazing that you don't have to dedicate as much time to it, which says a lot about some of the foundational things that you've, mm-hmm. you've put in to, to make that work. That doesn't just happen, but Rue is something new that I'm excited about. Yeah. We're, we're customers. Yeah. yeah. So, t- so tell us about, tell us about this because what's unique Ajay about, Spencer and for everybody listening is this idea to tie it's so authentic, his mission for the business. And, you know, I, I have a mission at, at commit to, to, to elevate the standard in our business, but it's, it's less emotional than I've always wanted to try and find something that, uh, whether it's a charity, something related to my business that, uh, that is a little bit more fulfilling outside mm-hmm. of just the competitive nature of business. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about Rue. So what, explain to everybody what Rue is yeah, so, and where you're going with it. Um, luckily, with Printer Pet, I have this staff in place right now to my my time spent on the company is very minimal right now. And it's provided me the opportunity to be able to 
look into other opportunities. And so this is five years ago. I have a puppy who's my child and she's not a puppy anymore because she's five. <laughs> Her name's Rue. Um, and when she was a puppy, she was being walked and slipped her leash, ran out into the street and she got hit by a car. And luckily she got hit when she was in between the wheels. So the car went over her, her and no wheels actually ran over oh her. Oh my gosh. And she was, she was only eight months old when it happened. Uh, it was terrifying. Had to rush her to the emergency vet. Luckily, everything was good. Unfortunately, because it happened when she was at a pivotal point in her life and being able to mature and grow as a dog, uh, there were some things that were off. And so as a concerned pet parent, I was like, okay, what do we, what do we need to do? Like get her right. So I started doing a ton of research into pet supplementation, which five years ago, wasn't a, thing. wasn't a Google. And now it wasn't, it, it was a lot of Google. Um, yeah. and so I, I start diving down this rabbit hole to give the most, one of the most important things in my life, the help she needed to be able to get well and looking in the market, there were limited options. The options that were there ended up being expensive because to be able to get her the supplement supplementation that she needed, she had to take multiple of these chews or powders ends up being 120 bucks a month, which I would happily pay for her to be healthy, but I would rather not pay $120 a month <laughs> I mean, if you didn't have to. <laughs> and so, uh, two and a half, three years ago, I was like, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I can figure this out. Like, why don't I start doing it? So I started talking to a lot of vet techs, started sourcing products. Um, and just this may, so a couple of months ago, rolled out a pet supplement brand named after my baby Rue. And it's a probiotic along with omegas in the form of krill oil, which is the most soluble form of krill oil for dogs. So they absorb it a lot easier than fish oils, anything like that. It's a little more expensive, but it's way more efficient for dogs along with some vitamins as well. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for overall pet wellness and health. And yeah, that's my, so you could tell he lights up about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's my full-time thing. And, and I've, as Matt was saying, been blessed enough to be able to, we work with local pet charities. So Dallas pets alive is a no kill shelter here in Dallas and they take care of the medical expenses of dogs that they pull out of uh, the SPCA and other places that are in that SPCA can't cover these big medical expenses for dogs that come in that were hit by a car or have been malnourished or whatever it is. So we were able to go in and we had six dogs that we took and we covered their whole uh, medical bill. Wow. So That's yeah, which awesome. was, which was awesome. Bro. I went a little overhand. We were only supposed to do like two or three. Yeah, you, got, <laughs> you care too much. Yeah. <laughs> bro. Uh, I want, I want to ask you about that story, man. It's, it's incredible. But how, how did you know where to go? You, just, you have this. You have, okay, every entrepreneur knows this. this you have is a this great idea. Question. Yeah. What do you do next? Yeah. You start searching things on Google. I, <laughs> I I was like, okay, she she had a lot of uh, issues with her fur and patchy fur, and she was licking her paws all the time. So you Google, why do dogs itch their paws? Why do they lick their paws? And you start looking into it. And it's like, hmm. It could stem from either allergies, an imbalance of the bacteria in their gut, all these things. You start doing more research. You say, okay, so they have an imbalance of bacteria, good bacteria in their gut. What do I need to do to solve that? And it just keeps snowballing, snowballing. You keep learning. You take notes. You figure out. You just you Google things and you do research on things. And then you reach out to a ton of manufacturers. We're lucky <laughs> to have found a really, really good manufacturer that um, is working with us and they're, it's a Our, really, really good spot. Question I just thought of as yeah. I finished that, I never asked you this, do, in the vendors that you're working with, manufacturing, all, I mean, there's a bunch, I'm sure, yeah. to make this whole thing work. Are you very conscious of their alignment with your mission? 
Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, and so the, we ended up aligning with the manufacturer that we have is a smaller company and probably more expensive than others, a little more expensive than others. But the founder was a veterinarian who worked with me hand in hand in getting this up, getting it going oh, and wow. a lot more hands-on than I think a lot of the other, other manufacturers. Yeah. Be, yeah. And sure. you know, it's a, it's a very short term sacrifice, I think for a long term benefit. I think that's an important part of being an entrepreneur, being able to know when it's right to cut corners and when you don't cut corners. Mm -hmm. I think there's a fine line there. And this was something, especially being an ingestible for someone's family member, like Luke is your family member. You oh yeah. Know? You do anything for it. Exactly. And so we, uh, it, it took about eight, eight months to find the manufacturer uh -huh. that we actually use, sending back samples, figuring out if they could use all the ingredients that we wanted in the formula. Uh, yeah, but it, it was a strategic decision for sure. And choosing our manufacturer, you know, it's one of those big dominoes that I wanted to make sure toppled the right way. Bro, for the audience out there listening and they have a great idea, they just don't know where to start. What advice would you give them besides just Google? Give me something else. Just do it. <laughs> I think there are so many people. We all know people that have told us about their great idea, their business they want to start. And also it's not for everyone and that's totally fine. That like part. I said, there are people that if you love your life, if you are happy doing what you're doing, I'm jealous of you. Like go do what you're doing. If you're, if you are a nurse and you're fulfilled with being able to help people and do something that we really need, keep doing that. That's awesome. And be the best at what you're doing. And we live in a society where money is directly correlated with how well you're performing at something. There are very few jobs where you are the best performer, where you don't have a salary where you can get by, right? Like there's enough upside in the majority of things, especially anything someone would find fulfillment in for you to be able to make a living off of. So if you're happy I think a lot of people play the comparison game and social media has made mm -hmm. it easy where you see all these people making all this money and people going on vacations and people are only posting their highlights, you know? Nice. And so if you are actually happy with you, if you love what you're doing, my advice would be to become the best at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you feel like there's more for you out there and you're striving for more, you got to take a leap at some point, even with Rue, I invested well over 50% of all the money I'd put away from printer pet wow. to get the side up get to prototype the get to, to get. And the first round of product after that too, was not a small investment at all. And it's a huge bet on myself and it could fall flat. You know, I'm, I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure it doesn't, but that's kind of like the risk you run with doing it. And that's something you have to become comfortable with if you're wanting to, succeed as an entrepreneur that's great stuff bro let's 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 run it back really fast because i know we hit on you being a walk-on but i want to know about some of that mentality that that gave you yeah. by being a walk-on shout out to our boy jackson man <laughs> <laughs> i love jackson um you gotta earn everything you know nothing's nothing's been given to me my whole life i remember in college we had a summer where me and my roommates between the three of us, we had a week where we pulled our, all of our money together. We had 30, 30 bucks for the week. And we're like, we got to figure out how to get to and from practice. We got to buy food. We bought a value bag of chicken nuggets. We were carpooling with whatever gas we had left in our cars. I have texts with my younger brother who is absolutely crushing it in real estate right now. And he's, he's just, he's on a different level. He's Mason's killing it. But between him and I, when we were both in college with our bank accounts at like 28 cents, I remember when I got my first wow. job, I was getting paid $48,000 a year. My little brother needed help with rent. I'm sending him 500 bucks a month and I don't have 500 bucks a month, you know? Um, and so 
I've grown. Not only have I realized that I have to earn everything. I think I've grown very comfortable with dealing with stress and managing stress and being in an uncomfortable spot and being okay with that, Mm. which is a double-edged sword, right? Like you don't, you don't want that feeling forever. I, I, the thing I want most on earth is to find my person, build a family, be able to be a father. I think I'm really, really good at a lot of things I do respectfully. I think the thing I'm going to excel most at is being a father. Yes, and so I, I want all that. I, can see. I need to make sure the security, I can't be risking it all when I have a family, you know what I mean? So I think there's a fine line in being comfortable with being all in on something and then wanting to have that, that security and being, you know, a little more risk adverse. But I think the two things that having to earn things as a walk on taught me is that nothing's given and that I can also just handle a lot more pressure than I think I would have been able to if, if, if I would have had a scholarship. Man, I love asking, asking this question as well, man. It's just who does Spencer see Spencer? Let me phrase it like this. Yeah. Who does Spencer want Spencer to be in the future? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I want to be the best at whatever I am doing. Love it. And I have been beyond blessed to where I have no excuses to not be the absolute best in whatever I'm doing. Uh, and so whether that is a father 10 years from now, I want to be the dad my dad was to me. I want to be the best parent. Um, whether that be in my entrepreneurial journey, I want to milk it for every single thing. I, this is a motivational speaker I used to listen to like four or five years back. And I think something that I'll think about sometimes that scares the shit out of me is laying there. You're on your deathbed, you know, you, you're a hundred, 110 years old, whatever, you know, you're, you're about to go. And all of a sudden you have these voices start playing in your head and it's all the opportunities and ideas and they come to you and they say, we, we relied on you. We came to you to bring us to fruition and you didn't do anything. You didn't make it a reality. So we're going to die with you. I think of that. I'm like, Shit. like yeah. I have, I have all these ideas and these goals and I know I have so much to offer to, to the world. I have so much to offer to everything and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have that. And if I don't live up to that, if I don't share that gift with others, it's on me. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, I've heard Goggins say this where he's like, I think about going to heaven and I think about how God's going to have my potential Mm. on the wall. And I want God not to say, man, Goggins, you could have been, you could have, you could have done this. You could have run a hundred miles. You could have set this pull up record. And Goggins says some psycho stuff where he's like, I want, I want to get up there and for God to be like, holy shit, Goggins. (laughs) (laughs) I had you made me, you made me erase this. Yeah. You made me rewrite this. And I think about that sometimes now too. It's mm-hmm. like, damn, I got to keep going, yeah. you know? And also as an entrepreneur, there's so many people after you start that are going to give you stuff like, man, I thought about doing that. Oh God. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> that, I, I mean, man, I, yeah. I, kind of a saturated market you know like i had a mentor tell me the last thing i would do if i were you before he knew what i was doing he goes last thing i would do if i were you is start a professional services business and here you are <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. it's, I, it's, I, just, it's yeah, like the people that watch shark tank and they got all the answers man. but this, I, I say that because you that we always do all these podcasts are highlight films right mm-hmm. but there's a lot of 
this man has failed a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've failed. We've all just, you just got to get more. That's how you've gotten comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. is you've had some stuff that didn't work. So now that you have, you, once an idea comes, you, you, you can go at it. Yeah. Right. And you're okay with that. Yeah. And I think it's important also to be vulnerable and let people know that <laughs> it's not, all, I'm not sitting here and I'm not always like, this is yeah, definitely going to work. Awesome. What a home run. This is awesome. This is great. I mean, shit, I have moments every single week where yeah. I am terrified that it's all just going to be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. There, I have those moments every week where yeah. my, I, I, my business has been profitable, making money. I've been able to live off of it for four years now. And I have moments every single week where it might be an email campaign that doesn't work out the way I thought it was going to. It might be a day of sales that are lower than another day. I'm like, because this one all dies. Yeah. Wait, so, so when those times happen, right, when you get these thoughts, yeah. what do you say to yourself to get out of that? So uh, here, and I actually, I brought the quote. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I brought a quote because <laughs> I, I have a quote that I, I recently heard that um, I've been, it's been kind of my, my North star of quotes, if you will. But um, it, it's uh, Alex Ramosi. Yeah. Everyone probably knows who Come he is. Now. He said, confidence without evidence is delusion. You don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are, give yourself so much goddamn proof that you are the version of yourself you want to be and you'll become them. Outwork your self-doubt. And I look at that and then I look at everything that I've done that's proven I am who I know I can be and who I will be. (laughs) And I start tallying those up and I count them up and I say, hmm. There was that other time I thought I was fucked. I got out of it. Yeah. There's that other time where I thought I was done. I was out. I got out of it. We're going to get out of this and one. And you know what the constant <laughs> was? Work. Yeah. Maybe. Work. I, Straight up. Work. <laughs> I think that um, we're blessed and cursed. Um, and I think a lot of people are. There are some people, there's a ca- caveat to this. There are some people that just don't know what to do. You know, they might be out of shape. They don't know where to start. They might not be making money. They don't know where to start. There are other people. And I think there are a lot of people that may be scared to admit that they know exactly where to start. (laughs) You know that if you want to lose 20 pounds, stop eating as much and work out. (laughs) Come on. It's not, it's not rocket science. And I think it scares people to realize how simple that is. It terrifies me to know exactly what I need to do to be able to get where I want to go. And now is it going to work out in a perfect straight line? Absolutely not. There's going to be things that come in the way, but I know what I need to do to give myself the absolute best opportunity to be where I need to be. And that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. That's scary. But but what gives you confidence is this man's running a 50 mile race. Oh, let's, let's get into that. He's run, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, I have some just, good stuff from that. that just, I mean, it's just the, yeah. the reason when stuff gets hard though, that you should take tally of the things that you're doing and you should constantly be doing hard stuff, pushing your body to the limits, um, you know, cutting back, being just disciplined in everything, food, drink, routine, mm-hmm. working out all of that stuff. That's what gives you confidence in the 50, 50 moments. Come on. Yep. Well, Matt, remember 100%. we talked about that. That's, that's good. What, that's what that's gives good. you. That's what gives um, you the confidence. When you don't, that's what Hermosi is saying. Is when I look in the mirror, you know, guys, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You d- deep down, you know it. Yeah. But that's what good leaders do. Yep. Is they are going to take care of everything and do all the little stuff. So when the 50-50 balls come, say, come on, get on my back. Let's there go. There we go. I let's love go. that. Get on my back. Let's go. And you could say that with confidence because you know uh-huh. you're not going to be squirreling behind saying. <laughs> Watch me work. Watch me work. Look at me. You know I'm not all talk. Well, I'm just part of part of its optics. Part of it's, you know, your presence in the room, uh, your energy levels. Like people are gonna uh just navigate and and you have an aura about you if you're physically fit and you have a presence and that that stuff matters just Mm -hmm. optically. Uh, but you only have real, organic, genuine confidence if you're about that shit. Yep. And if you if you're not about it, people know. Thanks. People know. At least you can you can go on like 15 different reels on Instagram and gather a following for like two years, and then people find out. The the worst is <laughs> people find people, out. People not only do people know, 
deep down inside, you, you know, know, you know, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, you know if you're about that shit or not. You know, so golly, work. Yeah, get into your get into your fitness and what that means to you because I know it's such a a pillar in your life, and I think it's I think it's a big reason the Uh fifty fifty stuff goes. You have the confidence to say I'm going to press forward because I'm not I'm doing what nobody else is doing. This is easy compared to the fifty. No, and I have some good stuff that's happened actually semi recently. So when when I started my company, I mentioned I, I had my ex fiance and that. As soon as COVID hit, my business was crushing. I, w- I was doubling my bi- business every month, um, and my physical health really started to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a pretty big guy, but I ended up letting myself slip. I got up to uh, when I weighed myself, I was 292 pounds. I think I was a little bit above that before. Yeah, I'll show you all a photo after. It's not good, but um, what do you know? Uh, now I'm sub 240. I'm like 238. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, anyways, then my engagement ends up falling apart. We had purchased a house together. She leaves. Um, I can't even blame her fully, but anyway, she, she goes and my world kind of falls apart mm. and I had to be, I I had to look at myself honestly and be like, okay, yeah, there's some stuff on both sides, but what have you done yeah. to make this happen? And I had to be accountable for for myself. And I look at myself, I'm like, I'm I, I may be doing well. I'm doing my own business right now. My relationships were completely gone. I had no more friends. Uh, I, mm. I I I had friends. I didn't have any real friends. close friends that I could call. And I I'd let all that slip because I dove into my relationship full on. I was in the worst shape I've been in my whole life. And I'm someone that's used to being in, in good shape. And it took a while. It was one of those things that it wasn't an overnight thing where I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to get after it. It was one of those things that happened kind of slowly and ended up getting my, uh, myself in shape. Um, and that was actually one of those moments where I used a little bit of that anger. And I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, all right, she's going to regret this. I'm like, what do I need to do to make sure that's what happens? And so now I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. Uh, my business is doing just as well as it was when I was in bad shape. I have personal relationships now that I never had three years ago. And I have this, this circle of people that are lifting me up, making me the better version of myself. And just a year ago, uh, started really getting into a little bit of endurance sports with, uh, a group of friends of mine. And I remember we started training for a half marathon (laughs) last year and we would do these, these like three, four or five mile runs. And if you've never ran three, four or five miles, the first time you run three, four or five miles, that shit's hard. <laughs> yes. At 250. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even harder. And so um, fast forward to now, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I did a 12-hour race where it's <laughs> psycho. me and a partner. Um, and we it was in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. We have a friend that's actually a fellow entrepreneur who owns Sisu Saunas. It's a sauna company. And he was putting on a race in Cleveland uh, and all the funds went towards one cancer patient that actually needed a lot of money. And the race was up and down. It was down and up a hill at a, it averaged out to be uh, like 12% incline. Cause there was a flat part at the top, but you run down a hill, you run up a hill, you run the flat part and you tag off with your partner and you go for 12 hours. And I learned a lot on that race that I'm happy to elaborate on if you guys want me to. What was the total uh, yep. total mileage? Uh, 41 miles. Oh my. What was the number one thing you learned? <laughs> uh, I, I, I can take you through the, and it's, it's something that, uh, it, he showed me the Strava, by the way, like the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, over and over. It was, one, one lap was 0. 0.75 it's just, miles. So um, it's bloody. It, it was it was me and a, um, I, I had a partner and he 
he lives in Austin. He wasn't able to train with us and he was a dog for coming out and just giving it his all. But six hours, six, seven hours into the race, he comes up to me. He's like, man, uh, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, Damn, okay. that's hard for you. For I get you, it. Yeah. I, I was like, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And so before the race, we'd asked Peter, the guy putting on the race, we're like, how many, how many miles do you think each of us are going to get? And he had told someone in our group, cause I went with, there was a group of six of us. So there's three teams of two and he goes, yeah, you guys are probably gonna get like 20, 25 miles. And so I'm looking at the pace. I'm looking at everything. I'm like, Look at that. I'm getting 35. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not going here to get not even a marathon. Like I'm going to hit an ultra. Anything over 26 is an ultra, but I'm not going for 26. I'm going for 35. So Damn. we're going on this hill. And I, I was telling the guys earlier before the podcast, I listened to the same Zach Bryan song on repeat for eight hours <laughs> the song. on my headphones. Uh, you, I, you can't forget. Purposefully forgot it. <laughs> I blocked it it's now. Very deep. Yeah, it's very uh, it's deep back there. Yeah. I'm gonna pull from it later. Uh, and so we get to uh, an hour twenty minutes left, and I hit thirty five miles on the watch. And so I sit down in the chair at the top of the hill. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I hit thirty five, and so my buddy. Bronson that I ran it with comes running up the hill. He says something, huh? Yeah, well, uh, here we go. So he uh, he gets to the top of the hill and goes, how many miles are you at? I said, just hit 35. He goes, oh, I just hit 35 too. He's, are you going to keep running? Because a lot of people, people were tapping out like every, every couple hours. There would just be people that, you know, they hit enough, they're done, whatever. I said, yeah, I'll keep going. I'll probably like walk a few, like I'll get an extra couple miles, but I hit my goal, you know? And comes up and he's like, you know, 35 miles. That looks pretty cool. Like 35 is pretty cool. 37 kind of looks lame. We got to go for 40. And so we have an hour, 15 minutes left. And he tells me that I'm like, shit, if he's crazy enough to run, we're, we're going to run it. So we start running and as we're going, we're talking to each other and it was kind of an epiphany moment. We're sitting there and your joints hurt, your hips hurt, your knees hurt, everything hurts, every step hurts. You're like limping through these laps. And we were still running because we had an hour, 15 minutes to hit five miles. And we're looking at each other and we're like, the coolest part, like the pain that we're feeling right now, this feeling that, that we have, the only way to get to where we are to feel what we're feeling is to run these miles. It can't be taught. It can't be given. It can't be bought. You have to earn this shit. You have to earn this feeling. So let's savor this shit and let's keep pushing. Mm. So we, awesome. we keep going and, uh, we ended up getting 41 miles. So we got man. a little bit over and that's a long way. Man. <laughs> I mean, from five miles to 41 <laughs> miles. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, we end up getting 41 and, I think that anything worth having and what I took from it was anything worth having, you're going to have to go through discomfort and pain to get there. But that discomfort and pain makes it worth so much more. It's like my very first car, $3,500 for a 1998 Audi A4. But I worked for every dime of that money and that's the best car I've had in my whole life because I put so much in Amen. to earn that. And there's a direct correlation between the effort and sweat you put into something and what it's worth to you, which is why, you know, if you're blessed enough to have parents that did really well, if they buy you a house, they give you something, it's not the same feeling as going out there and sacrificing for it. Like you have to give something for it to be worth something. And I learned that in that race. And it's something that I've, I've always known, but it was never more apparent than like, you have to earn these 41 oh, miles, yeah, man. Yeah. So we're signed up for 50 in a month. I think there's so many people that are like that, that maybe just, just bought running shoes, like in the middle of this podcast, like I got to get after it. Well, bro, selfishly. So how long did, when did you start running your first five miles? What year was that again? 
Um, that was the same think, year. We talking like same yeah. tw- rolling twelve months? No, yeah. Yeah. No. Dude, no. But you should see the consistency of yeah. the, of the mileage. Yeah. It took you one year to do that. Yeah, yeah but they were yeah. run, dude. First of all, I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in for a second. What he had? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But also, that's the power of this community that he he has created. Is they are pushing each other every week and. None of these people would have been able to do that without each other. Absolutely not. And they would all say that. And that's the power of the recurring theme that we have on this podcast. Community. Tap into accountability partners. Find people that will just multiply your energy and then hold you accountable. You would have sat on that chair at 35. I mean, backing way up, you guys wouldn't have done the race. It wouldn't have even done the race. None of that's possible. But you just like that, that there's so much power in that community. I mean, that that old adage of you are the people the top five people or top three people. I know people you're going to send this to this around. crew. So what's <laughs> what do you want to say to that crew? I before before yeah. you send this to them. Uh, so the crew that I went with, Kylie Bronson, Tim Page, um, and Connor, also my friend in in Austin. Um, when I so I had known Connor when I went through that big dark patch where my life flipped and meeting Kylie and Bronson. If the only reason for my whole engagement falling apart, everything was to meet these people in this group. It was worth it a thousand times over. Um, it's, it's so crazy. Once you start surrounding yourself with people where you don't feel crazy for thinking the things you think, you know, like my, my goals that previously it's like my mom and my brother, the only two people that are telling me that doesn't sound insane. Everything, everyone else is like, you sure you don't want to come to like support a hundred percent and authentic. They, they mean more to me than I think they're ever going to know. And Kylie and Bronson specifically as a couple that's been together since high school has grown together, um, always challenge each other, support each other, push each other has given me hope that, and it's the same with you and Shane, honestly, I mean, honest to God, man. And Ajay, I hope to know your relationship a little bit more, but I, I know Matt and Shane very directly and like, that gives me so much hope that there's someone out there that is going to support you, push you, but also hold you accountable to your mm-hmm. shit. Cause Shane knows if you're slacking on something, she's going to, oh, for sure. she's going to call you on oh, it, yeah. right? She's not going to let you slip. And so just them being there as a support system and also as two people that just show me how a relationship can be has been more helpful than they'll ever know. So yeah, Amen. no, Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond great. I mean, God, I got, I'm, I'm lucky to be where I am. So man, y'all, yeah, if you're listening to this, get stuff, a community, man. man, get a community, get a community of like-minded individuals. <laughs> that's that what we're trying you. to grow here. Yeah. Pump, man. They really it's, are. It's, it's, a, it's a community, right? Like I, we have, Ajay and I have talked about this. B's talked about this. It's going to be really cool in a year or so. I would love to create events around this. I would love to create a community. And that's why we've been so focused on Dallas. Mm -hmm. Like I've gotten this question before of like, what, you know, Oh Matt, Ajay, you guys know people outside of Texas that are doing some really cool things for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. But being able to focus on this community is really it's cool. different. It's yeah. just different. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, we want to do something bigger. Yeah, for sure. Well, bro, this is inner pump. <laughs> and with inner pump, we all got our inner thief, right? Yeah. The inner thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. So right now, Conley, what is your inner thief? What is that thing inside of your head right now? That's telling you that you can't do it or you can't be this. What, what is your inner thief right now? I think the inner thief of myself and the majority of people out there is comparison, especially mm. with how, easy it is to compare yourself now, you know, whether it be, you know, I don't look like that person. I'm not making the money that person's making. I don't have the relationship that person has. I think it's important to remember that perception is a hell of a thing. And I know some people and I know people know people that look real happy on the outside, (laughs) look like they're doing real well on the outside, but on the inside, that's not the reality. And you know, I think comparison is just the old adage. It's the thief of joy, you know? And so I think it's tough because I get, I get in it too, where I'm like, 
I'm comparing myself to other entrepreneurs that I saw start things the same time I started things. Um, other guys working out or doing something, you know what I mean? It's, um, so if there was anything that I could completely eliminate in order to give myself the best chance of success, Mm -hmm. it would be comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was going to be a follow up question was how are you going to conquer that inner thief? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hard yeah that's that's a tough one yeah. um I, I i think always being able to ground yourself in reality and i think it's tough to have perspective on something when you're in the middle of it and being able to actually see things from the outside is the key to being able to truly assess a situation and assess it as what it is in reality um and so yeah, I think being able to not just react to things emotionally and being able to be like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's actually look at it. Let's look at what it really is. And I have, I have an inner voice that can really stir things up in my, where I'm like, Spencer, it's not even realistic that that's the way things are happening. Right? Like you're making up shit. Right have now. you ever did the Goggins where you record your in a bitch voice is like you like to call it. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. Bro, you I've, should. I, I've thought you did of it. it right? I've done did it. Did you do Dog, it, <laughs> dude? When you hear that shit back, you're like, "This is really the weak ass voice that's inside my head." <laughs> like, Asha, you really sound like this. Yeah. Like, you're really this weak, bro. I highly recommend. I, do it I gotta tonight. Try. I gotta try. I'll if try. It, if it pops up tonight or when it does, yeah, take your phone out and record. Just be raw, bro. I'm telling you, it changed my life. Yeah. Because once you hear it out, you're like, "Wait, that's not me." Yeah, bro. I promise really? you. I promise you. I got, I got to try it then. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm a huge Goggins fan. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people are, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not that guy, but I'm that guy. Well, Kylie, man, we appreciate you so much for That's having us, for, for coming here, man. Can you please let the audience know again, where can they find you? Yeah. Instagram Spencer underscore Conley. Um, and then all my businesses on all social platforms are printer pet and try Rue. I spell Rue. R O U X. She's French because she's classy. <laughs> I think okay, it's actually, yeah. I think it's Spencer period Conley. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Spencer <laughs> Conley. I don't even know my Instagram <laughs> handle. We'll figure it out. Man, bro, well, we'll tag you. Yeah. yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> all right, man. We all have a Peace. Peace. <laughs> Well, that's all we got for this episode of Interpump. One thing that would really help both of us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to check us out at interpump.com on social media. And if you enjoyed this episode and received anything of value, please share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, we out, baby. Interpump. Peace.